Hello and welcome to the Paranormalist Podcast. We have a very special podcast this evening. What are we celebrating, Patty? We have been doing this podcast for one year. One year? Yes. Already? I know, it feels like we just blinked, but um, we have made so many friends, gotten to know so many people, told so many stories, um, discovered so many things, and have gone from literally a handful of viewers to you know thousands and we are so excited and so grateful we can only wonder what year two will bring us absolutely and if you're relatively new to us because we've been doing ads and things like that uh if you want to catch up on the entire year um the older ones are up on youtube and the later ones are like I don't know how many, the last 12 or so. I mean, as we add them to YouTube, then they get taken down for the Facebook, et cetera. But you'll be able to find them between those two places. So there are links in under our website. Uh, there's a link tree. You can go under there and you can check us out on the audio platform version, which has all of them. Or if you look in for the uh, video version, they're on YouTube. And Patty and I are working on getting a website. So everything is going to be in one place. Like lots of things are happening. And not only that, but what they've missed in the last year are some amazing ghost stories. We've done stories on UFOs, cryptid stories, um, learned about heart tissue wrapped around our, our brain tissue wrapped around our heart. <coughs> Excuse me. So many different things. Talked about souls, human tr- um, body transplants, and how they might have imparted the memory of the donor. There's just a ton of different things covering every single square inch of the paranormal realm from end to end and you know if you and there's more of that coming from year number two we've got some amazing new stuff and tonight we have an episode that has been very often requested it's been our most requested topic by far every time we talk about doing a live you know something uh (laughs) slips in it is about shadow people it is i don't know what we're going to be talking about because i don't know much about it but I mean, that's that's the same boat everybody's in. Like a lot of people have been like, oh, I've seen this thing once. Hey, what was it? You know, nobody seems to know. Uh, so that's been our most requested, most reached out message uh, is about shadow people. So we are on episode 53. There are 52 weeks in a year. So this is the start of the new year. And uh, and oh, and we've also done 15 uh, patron normalist episodes. We have for people. So if you haven't caught up on our cats episode, our other near death experience episode, some things that blew my mind, uh, they're all over on the Patreon. So now you're caught up on our entire year, I think. Well, at least you know what to look for on yeah. our entire year. Yeah. And go check them out because there are some really cool stories. We work very hard to bring you stuff that's not just what you hear every day. Absolutely. Okay. So. Lead on to shadow people. So shadow people. Um, the recent co- incarnation of shadow people started in about uh, 2001. Um, everybody who's into the paranormal will know what I'm talking about when I say coast to coast AM. It is the quintessential radio show for the paranormal. Six hours of paranormal nonstop every single night of the week. It's amazing. And I grew up and cut my teeth on this show. Wait, how do they do that? They six just, hours they a, do six hours we, we can't even do two hours a week 
So, yeah, but you <laughs> don't crazy. have the production budget and stuff that they do. And they bring in a lot of guests and they just talk a couple hours and they open up the phones and people call in and it just, and then the next thing you know, boof, it's it's daylight. Absolutely. Because they do this all night. Okay. Is it multiple so, and, hosts? Uh, it, it is over the years. I mean, um, the much missed and beloved Art Bell is probably the most famous. Um, George Nori. Another very famous. There's a lot of different people who've hosted over the years. They have some guest hosts and George Norrie and, and Art Bell and a few others who are, are um, much more a regular hosts. Um, uh, George Knapp as well and a couple others. But it is uh, a, a really cool show. But anyhow, they are probably one of the things that was a catalyst for the modern concept of a shadow man. It was April 12, 2001, and Art Bell, as I said, much beloved, did an interview with a gentleman by the name of Harley Swift Deer William. He was a Native American elder, and he was talking about the shadow people. He didn't call them that, but he called them dark people, okay? And interestingly enough, people started to send in um, drawings of what they saw as shadow people, okay? what we come to know as shadow people. And um, throughout the evening, Art Bell kept saying, if you've ever seen one and you can draw a picture of it, show us what it is, um, send this in. They started to post them after a while because there were so many. And here's the interesting feature. Even though this was very new, remember, we're talking 2001. So, Really? Know, yeah. They, they never had the concept of shadow people before that? Well, they did have the concept, but it wasn't like it was something that people talked about. Okay. It was just kind of like people saw them, but they didn't really say much about them. I saw a shadow moving or something like that might be what they would say. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a paranormal topic. And interestingly enough, the people who sent in the pictures actually fell into categories. There was four or five categories of shadow people that they repeatedly sent pictures of. I mean, it just worked out that you could literally look and say, oh, that's a blah, blah, that goes in that pile. And all oh, that looks like this and it goes in that pile. And that sort of started it. And then um, that same year, in October of that year, um, Art Bell also had on another young lady, a young lady by the name of Heidi Hollis. Now, anybody who's into the shadow man field will recognize her name because she is the person who really catapulted this entire subject up into the stratosphere. She had written a book, um, and I think it was called um, The Secret War, and it was about shadow people. In fact, she's the person who gave the moniker shadow people to the world. She named them. The way we call them now. So is she okay. an author or? She is an author and she was on the show um, being interviewed and they were talking about what her new book was about, which of course was the, what she calls the shadow people. And um, she defined them as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that stay at the periphery of your vision. Um, she says that in her book that they are negative alien beings and these are the things that I found interesting because most people will say, oh, it's just a shadow person. It gives, makes you scared. It frightens you. But it's not going to be able to hurt you. She disagrees. She says that she had um, she has had reports of these beings that have literally attacked people and jumped on their chests and tried to stop them from moving or take their breath. That's pretty terrifying. Like a like a night terror. 
or something? Um, I mean, or sleep paralysis? I mean, that's what it sounds like. Well, it, no, she says they physically launched at oh. the person. Okay. The person was awake and it physically launched at them. Okay. And they did not that they woke up and couldn't breathe, that they physically woke up, they saw it moving, it threw itself on top of them, and just the weight of it pressing down on them sucked out their breath, couldn't catch their breath. Now, the other thing she said that I found really interesting is um, the prevailing wisdom among the masses is that you can't do anything about shadow people, okay? Mm -hmm. That they're just come, they go, there's really nothing you can do. And they have a terrible um, tendency to pick people and then just visit them randomly multiple times. So, you know, like you might go to a haunted house and see a ghost, or if you live in a house that's haunted, you might see the same ghost. But with shadow people, you could be in your house and see him. You could be sleeping at your grandma's house and see him. You could be in your car at noon and see it going down or sitting beside you and then boof, it's gone. So when you say alien, you mean extraterrestrial. Correct. I believe that's what she meant. Okay, because that's exactly what it sounds like. Now, here's the other thing that makes it fascinating. She also says that she believes the figures, although they're neg negative alien beings, can be repelled by evoking the name of Christ. Hmm. Now, conventional wisdom is that aliens can't be controlled in that fashion, right? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, there's nobody. I mean, they'll, they'll, people will say that, you know, you, there's nothing you can do when they catch you. You're just, you know, you're just compelled to do whatever it is they want you to do and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the uh, concept of using the name of Christ or to get rid of something tends to be more toward demonic mm -hmm. and maybe even um, ghosts sometimes, but mostly demonic. Okay. Here's the thing I find fascinating. Do you remember whenever we had Ryan, Bu Ryan um, Cavallini on? Yep. And how could I forget Patty? Well, yeah, and he was talking about um, we talked about a gentleman that's a friend of ours named John Ventry, who was the MUFON mm -hmm. director. Yeah. And how John has changed his thought processes. John changed his thought processes about aliens being um, from outer space to them being possibly demonic entities due to a series of events that happened to him that he physically witnessed himself. And he had a priest come in to bless his home and basically exercise what was there and the alien entities left. Now we may be going a little far afield, but so she's used two of our monikers that they're alien and that you can get rid of them by evoking religious names, such as the name of Jesus or the name of Christ. Well, has anybody said that they tried to do that with an alien and the alien didn't go? Or did they just not try that? Well, I'm sure there's people who have prayed. Okay. You know, because I can imagine if you're really, really scared and you're laying there and you're paralyzed, that all you can do in your head is like, oh, dear Lord, please help me. Oh, dear Lord, please help me. And it hasn't seemed to work. But we have only begun to dip our little toe into the waters of the UFO community. They get really deep. Like there are oceans of things to know before this is all going to make sense. We're just going to take another little step forward tonight. Okay. Keep that in the back of your mind because we're going to come back to that. Wait, so you're saying it's going to make sense at some point? Oh, yeah. It all makes sense to me now. Whoa. Okay, now I'm intrigued. Continue. Because <laughs> that means if it makes sense to you, that means it's eventually going to make sense to me. Yeah. So trickle down. 
Okay. I like it. <laughs> Trickle down information. <laughs> I've only spent in, like I'm 57 years old. I've only spent a lifetime learning this and I'm still learning incessantly. Like there are days when you talk to me and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was going to do this episode, but I, I found out there's something new I need to add. I know it's I'm funny because you're you're putting me so far ahead where your baseline was when you began that like, you know, who knows how much I'm going to know eventually. <laughs> Yeah, but you're the you're the benefactor of all of this knowledge. Right. But at some point, I may not be here. I may leave this plane of existence at some point in our future, and you're going to have to start doing the research on your own. Now, I'm not counting on doing that anytime in the near future, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know how you can't stagnate whenever anything happens to me. Yeah, I'm just saying you're imparting this upon me at 32. So I am. Well, uh, so. it's going to live on, in theory. <laughs> I, well, I hope so. And I think that everybody that we touch with all of this information is going to hopefully, you know, move forward with it. You so, know, that's the one thing about the podcasting and video creation that I was thinking about the other day is that like, this is gonna, as long as there are servers, as long as there's some place that stores the video, I mean, these recordings are never going to go away. You know, it's not like a book that could go out of print or anything like that. Like it's, it's just gonna be forever. But even books, you know, there's, you know, books reach out from hundreds of years. And if somebody finds an old book and opens it and reads it, it's all new again. Yeah. So, um, you know, my heart is always going to be with the books. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So one of the things you see a lot, whenever you talk to people, you should, I should say you hear a lot, when you talk to people who have had shadow people experiences is the petrifying fear. Mm hmm. It was terrifying. I felt paralyzed. I couldn't move. I know I wasn't sleeping. I knew this thing wanted to do me harm. You will hear that over and over and over. There are a few people who will tell you that they're not afraid, that, that they think that these things are just curious or something like that. Very much they are in the minority, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at if shadow people have always existed. That's the first thing to find out. Are they a phenomena that has been generated by the uh, internet and radio shows and um, things of that nature? Or have they existed throughout time? So let's take a look at some of the places that we found them. In the Quran, they mention pitch black sapient beings. Sapient. Sapient beings. What does that mean? Um, shaped, human-shaped, sort of serpenty beings. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, they are not entirely spiritual or physical. People in ancient Europe reportedly believed in shadow people, but their theory was that these beings needed blood to be reborn. So they were coming and stealing from people at night their essence, if you will, their blood. So that they could be reborn as humans again. Very vampiric. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very vampiric. Um, now, not all shadow people. I mean, and, and you can go down through every culture, every religion. You will find references to shadow beings. Okay. All over the world. And today, no matter the religion, no matter the culture... No matter the place you go to, every human being has heard of and or has had experiences in some form or fashion, whether it's a family member, a relative, 
um, a friend, somebody, but everybody knows what a shadow person is when you, as soon as you start talking and most of them have a story to tell, whether it's theirs or it's a second or third hand story, they have a story to tell. I mean, there's been numerous in our comment sections mm-hmm. of, of people. There have. Now, it would be easy to lump all shadow men together and just say they're just one thing, but they're not. It looks like they have different types. First of all, there's some that are just black shadows, some that appear wearing coats or cloaks. There are ones that wear hats, usually a fedora, but not always. Sometimes it's a cowboy hat. Sometimes it's some other sort of hat. Um, But the fedora is probably the most commonly known one. Mm -hmm. Some of them have red glowing eyes. So if you could imagine waking up in the middle of the night to see what looks like the shadow of a human being and you're sitting there laying in bed and you're like, what is that? Is that just my imagination? And then it blinks and its eyes are red. So what about features? Do they have features? Any they of do not have features. They, they have, have eyeballs. They have shapes uh-huh. of like the, like the general shadow or silhouette of a human face. Right. But like features that are in distinctive and individualized, yeah, yeah. they do not so much have those. Okay. Now, um, though some of them are watchers, and you'll hear them referred to as the watchers, who seem to come at night and b- observe whatever it is that human beings are doing, whether it's just sleeping and why they want to watch us sleep beats the crap out of me. But they they seem to do that some of them seem to enjoy energy like scaring you and and feasting on that energy because they get stronger the more of that energy they can get from you so that might be why they um try to intimidate and create fear Mm -hmm. in you even if they're not physically touching you because that energy is like you know honey to them very much like an elemental yeah Mm-hmm. It, 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 it wants to, and there are beings that do that. Now the hat man, um, he's probably the, known as the most terrifying type of black shadow figure. And he, and again, you can, any hatted figure like that, top hats, fedoras, cowboy hats, slouch brim hats, hoods, anything like that counts. Okay. And that particular version usually has red eyes, not always, but usually. Um, and they usually awaken the person by choking or suffocating them. So you can't catch your breath and you're gasping and you're <gasps> and you come up and it's right over top of you. Okay, always sleeping. Most of the time, but not always. No, there is. So a this very... is the kind that uh, that also has leapt at people who yes. are awake. Okay. Well, most of the time, it's them. Okay. There's a very famous story about a young man who, um, when he was a kid, they moved into a house, and it, and it's I don't know if the house has anything to do with it or not because these things seem to be independent of structure, whereas ghosts tend to stay in one place. These things are able to move with you. Like I said, you could go to grandma's house and have the same figure visit you that, that visited you at your house, who visited you when you were 12 years old at church camp, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole nine yards. So anyhow, this young man, um, he was about 12 years old. He, he and his family moved into this old farmhouse, um, in the Midwest and he started having these horrible 
visitations so bad that he started not wanting to sleep at night. He, his dad noticed how bad things were getting. He was tired. He was cranky. His grades were going down. He was up all night long. The light bill was astronomical because he'd have four and five lights on. So there'd be no dark corners just in the one bedroom. And his dad thought when he started talking to the kid about it, that it was just his imagination. Now, this hat man was distinctive. He's one of the ones with the cowboy hat. Okay, so that's pretty distinctive. So the dad went for months thinking that they needed to take him to a psychiatrist or something needed to happen. And one night he's in the living room when he catches a glimpse of something kind of out of the corner of his eye going around through the doorway behind him. And he gets up to look to see what's going on. And it turns and it comes back. And it's a black shadow figure wearing a cowboy hat. At this point, he now begins to get the visitations as well. This would continue for quite a while till the dad blows up and basically has a little do-it-yourself exorcism at the house. Okay? Okay. So it stops. Just completely stops. Fast forward, this kid's now an adult man in his late 20s. He's sitting in a busy um, parking area waiting for somebody. Um, middle of the afternoon, years have gone by, and all of a sudden he hears a on his window. He looks up expecting, I don't know, a friend or a stranger asking directions or something like that, but it's on the passenger side window, and he looks over, and there's the hat man leaning in and grinning at him, his red eyes glowing, middle of the afternoon. His interpretation of it, it was to, as if it was to say, oh, don't think I forgot about you. I'm still here. And you can imagine how terrifying that had to have been. Yeah. What did he do about it? He, he didn't do anything. He froze. He was paralyzed. And the figure just kind of stood up, laughed, and started to walk away. He turned the car on and he got the hell out of Dodge. Well, but I mean, was that the only time or did it pick was, up again or he was just. He has seen it a couple times since. It hasn't been that consistency like when he was a kid, but he had pretty much. I mean, I won't say he forgot about it, but it was not in the front of his head anymore. Well, where's and the dad? The dad's still alive. Oh, he, OK. I didn't know if it was one of those like he had passed and. No, the he's dad like, was still alive. OK, I'm back now. OK. No, it was definitely the same figure he saw as a little boy and his dad saw as well. Right. Um, and, but he, um, he says it will probably appear to him off and on throughout the whole of his life because he's, and he's that convinced of it. He's absolutely convinced of it. And that's just one story. I have to tell you, um, when it comes to shadow people, I've had experiences with them. I lived with one for a while. Didn't want to, but I did. Um, I moved into a house trailer. We bought a house trailer and the house trailer was owned by a, a young couple who had a child, uh, one child. So it was a brand new, they bought it brand new. So there was no history of anything paranormal in the place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put this house trailer up when I got first got married years and years and years ago and didn't seem like there was a problem. It was a very nice place. We got it at a good price. It was a good starter place for us and everything was okay until um, my first child was born and he would watch something that none of us would see and he would start to cry for no reason I could dis- you know, could discern. Well, this went on off and on for a long time and I, and I didn't see it. I didn't, I just 
would like look around like, what is that? What is he looking at back there? And then um, he was about two or three and he started to cry about he, he didn't want to sleep in his bedroom anymore. Now, I grant you there's lots of babies that don't want to sleep in their bedroom, but he would sleep on the couch by himself. It wasn't that he had to sleep in bed with us. He just did not want to sleep in that bedroom. Mm -hmm. So I decided, well, I was going to go in and I would lay down with him and we would, you know, I'd wait till he fell asleep and then I would get up and then he would, after a few nights of this, he would be okay. I did not do that. There was a uh, closet directly across from his bed. And if anybody's ever lived in an old house trailer, you know, they're very tight fit. So you really don't have a lot of options as to where you're going to put things. And it was this little closet. And then in the back of this closet, there was a sliding panel that uh, was access to like the water heater and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it had a door on the front of the closet. So I was laying in, in there with him. It was a warm night and I had shut the closet door because just a little bit of extra warmth comes out from the, the heat from the hot water heater. And we definitely didn't need that. Okay. So I had made sure everything was that it was all shut. And, um, we're laying there and it's like midnight and I wake up and I'm like, what is that? And he's sound asleep up against me. And I, what is it? I'm so hot. I'm uncomfortable. What is going on? I had a fan in the window and everything and it had been pleasant. It should have gotten cooler, not hotter. And I rolled over and I realized the closet door was open now. And I'm looking at it like, I know I closed that closet door. And just then, these two red eyes blinked at me from inside the closet. I have no doubt it were eyes. It blinked three or four times. And I'm laying there petrified like, holy shit. And I'm in my head. I'm running through all this, the angles like, is that a toy up on a shelf? You know, what could that be? And then it blinked again. And that was enough. So I literally, I was almost frozen with fear, but I had my baby behind me. I had to get out. We had to get him out of there. So I'm like, okay, you're going to just wait a second, grab him and run. And that's exactly what I did. I jumped up, gathered him up, blankets and all, and took off out the door and slammed the door behind me. Got him out on the couch calmed him down like he was like what's wrong and I'm like nothing it's just too hot in there you know um, mommy's gonna let you sleep out here and then I kind of gathered my forces and um, future ghost hunter I was to be because you know my next step is you've got to go back and look at this oh so this is before you started the yeah. ghost hunting and okay I was gonna say it doesn't sound like how you would have handled it now so, no I was I was young I was yeah like, 24 20 something like 25 I keep, see like I, I keep forgetting you weren't always you know what i mean i was always the ghost hunter yeah i was always in the paranormal somewhere but this was right. not my, my gig at yet that point yet mm -hmm. anyway i go back in i turn the lights on i got a flashlight in my hand and you know and i'm like big you know those big old heavy metal ones and i'm looking around there's nothing there's nothing but interestingly enough the panel from the hot water heater had also been slid out now there were no lights on the hot water heater that could have blinked or turned on. And I have no clue why it would have done that. There was, um, there's a, was a wooden piece of plywood that was over top of it and how it got moved in the middle of the night. I do not know. Obviously we would not have left that open for the three-year-old child to climb in there. Right. 
and it was it had uh, like a screw thing that screwed the four screws down on each corner and they were removed and just laying on the floor and it was just open that was the first event that's when i knew we had some really big issues from that point forward we would see that person darting out of the periphery of our vision not just at night quite often in the daytime we would hear what sounded like um, a dish rack full of dishes just crashing to the floor i don't know how many times i went out expecting the dishes to be smashed all over the floor and there was nothing i would come out and it would sound like all the canned goods got kicked out of the cabinet and there would be nothing there um, and every time this would happen, there would be like a fight and, and anger and es things started to escalate. One day we're sitting there. It's a rainy Sunday, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. We're watching a movie, all three of us. Um, Danny's now, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And from the kitchen, this thing darts out, crosses the room towards the big front window we had built on. And hits the flower stand, knocks the stand, and the flower starts to shake. That's important. That means it had mass. And went right through the window. I can't explain it. How it hit the flower stand and bumped it, but went right through the window makes no sense to me. I was going to say, if it had mass and then suddenly didn't have mass. I have no clue. Like it turns it off. But we all three saw that thing hit the flower stand, the flowers start to shake and then it just darted through the window mm -hmm. and the window was closed and it was, you know, 10 feet up. Okay. So you wouldn't have just like hopped out a window anyway. Right. And, um, but anyhow, that was my experience and this thing continued on for years and, um, years and years. It may still be there. I left. That's so weird. That would just keep running, like running. So, you know what I mean? Like, it just was running places. Well, it got it got really bold. Yeah. Over the course of time, like in the beginning, we didn't see it for a long, long time, and I don't know that it had anything at all to do with the trailer. It might have had something to do with the land or something else, you mm -hmm. know. And but um, it was there for years and years and years, and every time it would appear, a fight would start, anger would happen. And it just got, it escalated. The, the more bold it got, the more the fighting escalated. I mean, is there a chance that it could be a type of elemental? I think this one was a shadow person, but I think they, they eat energy too. Yeah. I'm just asking. I don't um, know. No, I, it, I was looking it, up elementals and yeah. the thing that I looked up, I couldn't find anything about the cousin it or anything like that. Uh, well, that we've talked about for because they look like cousin it. That's right. why I was calling but, that. A lot of the the websites I was looking at were covering them, calling them like saying gnomes were a type and fairies were a type and like various mm -hmm. creatures that I thought were other things. They're the fake people. Were, yes, but they're also types that. of that. So, I mean, why couldn't this be one? So. Especially if it's attached to, to the land. Yeah. I don't know that if it was attached to the land or not. That's what I'm just saying. I right. don't know. I'm just saying, is that a possibility? It, it might be, but... Um... You know, it it was and it's been seen in three or four different houses. So I don't know that it was attached to the land. Oh, OK, so it was seen in our place. It was seen in his grandmother's place. It was seen in his father's place. And we have seen it. Daniel and, and the boys and I have all seen it in different other places. But it just seemed that it was strongest there for mm -hmm. some reason. 
But it got more bold as the years went by. It just did. And it wasn't something where we would wake up in the middle of the night every time and see it. It was three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and we're sitting there watching a movie. It was seven o'clock in the evening and we're sitting in the living room, you know, doing homework. And all of a sudden it just sounds like all the dishes crashed out of the cabinet. So it doesn't matter if it's daytime, like it's not afraid of sunlight or anything. No. And like I said, with the hat man story, I told you this guy's sitting in the middle of the parking lot in a city on a busy afternoon and all of a sudden here's that mm-hmm. and he looks up at his car window and there it is leaning down grinning at him oh yeah did this one have a hat no okay so no, it might have been one not. of the observers i don't know what it was but i know that it was uh very unpleasant and it always it always brought fear and anger okay for some reason now there are going to be people who are going to say that it's um psychological so let's cover some of that turf okay you mean like it's just an invention of invention of your mind or a hallucination or something like that? I mean, isn't that what they would say about <clears throat> anything we talk about? Probably. Okay. <laughs> but I think we'll cover the turf anyway. To okay. Cover it because that's one of, that's always the conventional skeptic explanation for shadow people is that you know it's just a it's, shadow. It's floaters in your eye or it's a hallucination. So let's talk a little bit. Wait so, a minute. Oh, okay. You you start and I'll tell you about a f- about floaters in the eye. Okay. Go ahead. So um, are there physical, physiological and psychological conditions that could create such figures? That was my question I started to look into. Of course, we know about sleep paralysis, old hag syndrome and all of that. And that's a possibility. So um, if you're stressed, sometimes you'll, like, particularly at night, imagine, you know, when you're out in the night, at night and, you're, and you're walking in the dark and there's no light. Now, city people aren't going to quite get this because there's always light. But, you know, out in the country, you're walking down a dark, a dark area, there's nothing, just starlight, moonlight, whatever it is. And you see what looks like something moving along the edge of your vision. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's that? You know, and then you keep going and you're like, wait, is it over there now? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You've had those moments. Yeah. And um, so that's called fear response. And it, it's brought on by stress and anxiety because you're in a dangerous or potentially dangerous situation. So those are things that you could talk about. Those might be some of it. Now, this is something that they used as an argument against it um, being real. I will have to say that I have a different take on this because I know what I know. But they are, their one argument was that methamphetamine users – Um, report the appearance of shadow people after long periods of sleep deprivation and drug use. Now, sleep deprivation will cause you to hallucinate. I am not arguing that point. Mm -hmm. Methamphetamine users do hallucinate. I'm not arguing that point. However, I would like to, um, to give you a quote. When this conclusion was presented to a methamphetamine, to a group of methamphetamine users, one of them pointed out something that was, um, really, I thought fairly, astute he said um you don't see shadow dogs and you don't see shadow birds or shadow cars we only see shadow people standing in doorways walking behind you coming up to you on the sidewalk these hallucinations have been directly compared to the paranormal entities described in folklore why don't we see other things just people fair hallucinate fair question I knew a guy who was a truck driver who would drive way too long before they did the electronic logging. Mm-hmm. And he told me he was a, he did uh, 
like he moved furniture for, for families. They moved when they were moving. And he told me, he said, I knew I had enough when one night I saw a bedstead walk across the highway in front of me. And he said, and I know I saw it, but I know it wasn't real. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay, that's enough. You got to pull over and sleep. You're beginning to hallucinate. Yeah. I'm not arguing that people can do that, but he has a valid point. You know, they don't see anything else. The guy saw a bedstead because he was thinking about moving furniture. Okay. And well, that makes sense. Let me ask you, you've worked with schizophrenic people. I have worked with schizophrenic people. Did any of them see anything other than people? Yes. Okay, so they they hallucinate animals or whatever. They hallucinate all kinds of things. Okay, so that doesn't have anything to do with it. Then I thought maybe it was like a brain thing, like humans automatically go to humans or something. Actually, ironically, I just talked to a person today um, who is schizophrenic, and he told me his Xbox would talk to him. Nice. And say things to him, and you know, and and other things like that. And he's like, and I would see the furniture walking around and I knew there was a real problem and I needed to tell somebody, but who the hell do you tell that they don't lock you in a loony bin? Yeah. Right. So he, you know, he, so that's what happens with schizophrenics is they get so scared. They're going to get locked up or drugged to death that they wait way too long sometimes, but you know, or they self-medicate, which is when they come end up coming to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty astute observation that, you know, you would think that, you know, if you had dog that was your favorite dog and it died or something, why could you hallucinate your dog came to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine things that, like you said, whenever, yeah. like I'll be driving down the road and if there's like a, a just a pole or something and right. there's and there's nobody, but you see something about five foot tall, six foot tall. Right. You automatically go, oh, there's a person there. And then you look and it's just a pole. You know, right. but but you swore like I would swear that I saw someone, you know, and it's just because I was filling in that there was somebody walking along the side of the road. I mean, this ha- this use this has happened numerous times. I haven't had it happen in a long time. And maybe it coincided because I didn't start driving until after I had eye floaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I played volleyball and I went up to set a ball and there was a kid who was pretty new so he didn't know that you can't just reach over and spike a ball mm-hmm. on the other side of the net. Uh, so I was jumping up to set the ball and he came down and missed the ball and spiked my eye. Ooh. And I had floaters ever since. And then I started driving after that. So, I, you know, every now and then you would see a floater and be like, what's that? And And you think and it takes up so much of your eyeball mm-hmm. that you perceive it to be about as tall as a human or something. So I can speak to that too. And, and maybe that had a lot to do with the driving thing. Who knows? But it seems like the floaters have settled down as the years have gone by. Right. I don't really see them anymore. Well, maybe it's healed, whatever was causing it healed. Yeah. Well, it's fibers that were just floating, floating around in there. But, um, I mean, I can vouch for all of that. So I could see how they could say that. So, now, remember, we've talked in the past about how certain hallucinogenic drugs and different drugs can open spiritual doorways. Like DMT yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Or an LSD, things like that, right? Right. Um, and we know that in some religions, they used hallucinogenics, you know, in order to have a spiritual experience, correct? Correct. POT, things like that, right? Yep. Okay. So, that's one reason why i won't accept that the methamphetamine users 
are hallucinating rather than seeing something. I'm not saying that they're all seeing something, but I'm saying that you have to be realistic and take them case by case. Mm -hmm. Two, I think it's a pretty valid argument about why don't we see other shit then? Just why don't we? You know, why isn't my mom's flower pot talking to me? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if that's all it is. Three is going to come up next. So in. There is something called the left temporal pa temporal patal junction. We're going to call it TPJ for short. It's okay. just easy. OK, it sits <laughs> above the back here of your of your left ear. OK, back in here. Is it a part of your brain? It is a part of your brain. OK. OK. Now, there was a neurologist um, in named uh, Olaf Blank from the Brain and Mind Institute in Switzerland who was trying to figure out what triggers epileptic seizures. Hmm. A very worthwhile thing to know because if you know what triggers them, you might be able to treat it or catch it early. And anybody who's ever known anybody who's epileptic will know that it's a it's a struggle. To be an epileptic and quite often it's debilitating is it patty is For epilepsy people, is epilepsy a struggle well i have i actually know a young lady who used to have many seizures and she'd have a hundred or two in a day she really didn't have much of a life because that's all she did is recover from seizures right no my point is because i'm epileptic i know you okay. are. But, you're, but you're not i mean you're not doing it every no. every day all day no, long no, like no. she was no i i had certain there are certain like multiple things have to happen to line up for me right. and, and I count myself lucky that that's the kind that I have right. because I can't imagine doing that a hundred times a day. Like, like literally, just... I'm not exaggerating. She would do 70, 80, 90, a hundred in a day and she would do nothing but come back up and start trying to, you know, she's exhausted and confused, a little disoriented, and yep. then she would just begin to feel better, and boof, down it would go again. Now, she has found something that assists her, and she only gets maybe three or four seizures a week now versus that many a day. What is it? So, CBT. CBD, yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, That's, but in, wait, so it got from 100 to 3 to 4? Yeah, in a week, not a day. Wow. Just on totally that alone. It totally changed her life. It... Um, you know, she has a medical marijuana card now and what have you, but she, um, it changed her life. She has her own business now and everything. Yep. Whereas before she couldn't work, she couldn't do anything. She could barely take care of her house because she would have, you know, 40, 50 seizures in a day or a hundred on a bad day. Were they the grand malls or the. No, they were petite malls and they were, um, like little mini seizures. Okay. And they, they wouldn't throw it. Like I know another person who has these seizures and she's out for five days. Like she'll wake up from the seizure, but she's not functional. No, I, for four I can't. Or five days. I can't walk afterwards until at least twenty four hours. It's just because it makes all the muscles in your body go at once, and it's like you did, you know, a million sit ups. Yeah. In thirty seconds, so I, I totally get that. But I mean, yeah, it's that's awesome. She, Three to four. Yeah, and she'll say, and this one, she would say, um. Why didn't you come talk to me on Thursday? And I'm like, honey, I was here. You were? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about blah, 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 blah. Oh, I don't remember seeing you. Yep. And that's two days after the seizure. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually got to the point where I could just recognize when I walked in a room if she'd had one recently because her look and her body language was totally different. So anyhow, I, I want to talk about that fact. This gentleman was looking for... um. 
to find out about epileptic seizures and where they're caused. When he, what they did is they took electrodes and they implanted them in this young lady's brain with her permission. So they were going to try to trigger stimulating different parts of the brain to see if any of them keyed for that. What they found is when they got to that um, TPJ mm-hmm. segment back here behind the left ear. Yeah. Um, she immediately said, there's somebody standing here. He's behind me. And, and he moved when she moved and stuff like that. Now, their argument is, and, and I can't say it's not true. I'm just saying we've got to look at all the, the pieces and see what all the possibilities are. Their argument is that um, he, it, would, um, it would lay down beneath her when she would lay down. It would sit up when she would sit up. It was just, it would move with her, okay? Mm-hmm. So it is different than a black shadow person in that respect. But what if, and this is the part that I found interesting before I go to the what if. She said at one point that she was asked to read off, off of a card and it tried to take the card from her. Okay, so was it next to her or it in, was, like a mirror in front of her? It was behind her or beside her and she okay. could see it from the periphery. But then it came in front of her and tried to take the card away from her. That's a totally different thing. Their argument is is that the that particular part of the brain is what's responsible for our ability to know where our limbs are moving and, and be in, a, in that spatial realm Mm -hmm. that and that by doing this it it split her focus in some way so she saw herself as both the person and the shadow and it did what she did because it was her but then it did something that wasn't her she's holding the card and it came off from her behind her around her to the front and tried to take the card away did it touch the card like was it physical or she was pulling on the card saying no. Oh, okay. And they saw that. So she was reacting to what she thought she saw. Now, whether something was pulling back, I can't tell you. I wasn't there. I didn't see the, the minute details that I'd have to have seen to know that. Right, right. But um, so they considered that a delusion, okay? Mm-hmm. And it might have been a delusion. But on the other hand... What if these things can trigger? There's been this speculation about this in some fashion for years that ghosts and different things, because two people can be in a room and see that see one see it and one not, right? Yeah. What if they trigger that hemisphere of the brain and give you that image and don't allow the other one to see it? So that's a possibility too. And because we think outside the box, we have to consider it. Mm-hmm. So maybe these things actually aren't in the room with you. But they manipulate your brain to make you feel like they are because they're watching you from a different dimension or something like that. Well, that's what I was thinking with the altered states thing that maybe you're tapping into where they are and maybe not the other way around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I thought that was something worth saying. So there are some physical and psychological possibilities for some of it, but that does not explain the vast majority of stories. Most of the people who see this are not drug users. Mm-hmm. Many of them are not sleeping, so you can't just say it's always old hag. And most of them have not had epilepsy or had any kind of electrical stimulus applied to their brain. So 
those are the only explanations that I could come up with that made any sense. So I thought I would put them out there and then, you know, answer to them and say that even though they do exist, they're not most probably the primary causational tool for this. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> your brain can make you perceive a lot, you know, sure. and maybe it can even access things that make other people see stuff. I mean, we don't know what the brain can do. So it very well could be the brain, but it doesn't mean that they're not there. Exactly. Yeah. Now, another thing I found interesting is a lot of the people who had shadow people experiences um, had either UFO, ET type of experiences, mm -hmm. and or paranormalizing ghost experiences. The vast majority were um, one of the two or a combination thereof. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of them have had some sort of sensory experience with another paranormal entity before. So that kind of leads into how I was saying about lucid dreaming and other stuff. Like maybe right. people have access to some particular part of their brain that allows them to see this stuff. And maybe this stuff is all there always, you know. And with... that's my thought is that, that, and I've been doing a lot of work, as you know, on, on um, multiverse and on all of this stuff, um, which will get presented in year two. But um, if the theory holds true, and some hard science, some decent hard scientists believe it is true that there we live in a multiverse. In other words, we live in a universe of universes that are literally overlapped one on top of the other. So that, you know, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one. And they overlap in spots. And um, that we and they can either inadvertently and or possibly... Man, through uh, willful manipulation cross over so they might be watching us because they're interested they might find that energy that we produce interesting one of the things that i found interesting i've always found interesting about ufos and and uh, alien encounters is that they're so often interested and curious about our emotion you know mm -hmm. and these entities are curious about our emotion too why do we get scared? What is that? Why do we do what we do? You know, there are literally thousands of stories about ETs that have taken people on board craft and then observed their emotions and or manipulated their emotions, like showing them a child or something like that and watching how they behaved with the said child, you know, and they, cause they didn't understand our ability to love and nurture it was curious to them that we would care in that respect. What is that about? I mean, I could see that because if you don't know <laughs> what love is at all, right. I mean, how You've do you explain it, it if you don't experience it? Yeah. Right. There are humans that, that pretty much don't know what that is almost. Sadly, there are people. Who, no, there are people who do. I actually, you know, kids that are institutionalized in the foster care system quite often come out institutionalized because they're past. You know, I knew a little girl who was in 11 homes over the course of her lifetime from the time she was seven until she was 18. You don't learn love in that type of circumstance. You become a chameleon. Mm -hmm. You learn how to please the people you're with so you don't get hurt and you get the things you want right. or need. So you become a chameleon. And I actually spoke to somebody about this today. And, um, I asked the person if they were capable of making friendships and he said, I don't know how, mm -hmm. 
And I, you know, most people say that's insane. You know how to make friendships, but no, if you've been in an institution your entire life, how would you know how to make friendships? Right. Yeah, that's sad. But I could see how aliens would be that way. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, so it's it's certainly not um, not inconceivable that that would be one of the things that fascinates. Um. Now, one of the so going through forward, this is like I said, this is like an hours long topic. Um, another thing that people don't talk about much, but that does seem to happen, is that people near death will see shadow people, not just like love. We know the stories of the loved ones. I think we like those stories because they're comforting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um, you know, there are figures that have been seen and people have responded to them, not just the dying, but relatives and even nursing staff who have seen what looks like a shadow person waiting for that person to die. Now, does that mean they're waiting because they want to see the moment of death? Does that mean that they're waiting because they're going to take them somewhere? I don't know. But um, the people who see it are always very frightened. Um, The word they use is terrified. They are terrified by what this thing is doing. And all that it's doing is watching. So that makes no sense. One of the other things that I find fascinating about shadow people is that they're never three-dimensional. They're two-dimensional. They're like cardboard cutouts. Really? They have no mass. In that you can see, like we see us as three-dimensional. We have, we're, you know, broad, wide. But they usually are just a shadow and they're two-dimensional. So when it runs past you and whatever, if it goes a different angle, does it essentially It's just a blur. It's just a blur. Okay. Yeah. As I say, is it constantly shifting or something? So no, that it's, it always it's just looks a blur. Two-dimensional? Okay. Yeah, it just becomes a blur. Um, they rarely interact with us, but they do seem to be fascinated with watching us. And every guise from sleeping to children playing mm-hmm. to you know anything like that seems to be. And they attend us at all different points in our lives. We've had shadow people stories from parents who have caught them on cameras and baby, you know, nanny cams. We've got shadow people stories from entities sitting there watching a child who's four or five playing. We have them all the way to people who are elderly people dying. So they are observers of our world and they seem to only interact slightly in that they like to sleep. We can see them. They sometimes will look startled, like they'll be like frozen and then disappear or, but most often they seem to either relish the fact that we're frightened of them and we instinctually seem to be frightened of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, they sound like mothmen. So, yeah. Some are just chill and other ones are not as chill. Well, I don't know that any of them are chill. I mean, no, I don't know of any single story off the top of my head that wasn't, that did not evoke some form of at least fear. Yeah. I'm just saying maybe that's yeah. just them their being like their existence creates that because the ones that look startled, you'd think they wouldn't be instilling fear on purpose if they're like, ah, Oh, you saw me. Well, I mean, I think some, yeah. And like I said, it's, it's just, it's, there's different ones. And we haven't even begun to tell the stories of the actual, you know, it's too many of the stories of the actual people who've, and there's literally hundreds of books and videos out there of people who have had these experiences and I just found it, you know, um, fascinating that and, and they're not always seen in the bedroom, which is always like it's always like the ones you hear on TV and what have you. It's always uh, the spirit 
this, this uh, shadow person appeared in the person's bedroom. They startled awake, and there it was. But how about waking up to see something 10 feet up in the air looking through your bedroom window, blinking red eyes, and you jump up, and you know you're awake. You can feel the floor under you. You know you are awake. Mm-hmm. And it's still standing there blinking at you. That'd be creepy. That would be very creepy. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. But, you know, um, some of them come as hooded monks. Um, it's almost like they choose personas that we might find uncomfortable. Could it all be the same one? Like there's a fedora one. He prefers a fedora. There's a cowboy one. I don't one. think so because okay. they seem to have some of them, um, like the cowboy ones, the hat ones, period, seem to be much more aggressive. Uh-huh. But now I'm going to tell you and I'm going, I think we're close to the end, aren't we? So I'm going to end it with this caveat. Okay. Okay. Because, um, and this little story, which means for everybody listening, there will be more stories to tell. But let me start us down a new rabbit hole and then say good night. So there is a story I just, I just encountered not too long ago of a person who saw a shadow person and the shadow person was outside their door and they felt compelled to go to the door and look out. It was the evening hours and there it was darker than darkness. You know, the whole story, right? Mm -hmm. And they, locked the door they felt like they should open the door and let it in but they locked the door instead and they're standing there kind of sweaty panting trying to like push this thought away you should unlock the door and let this thing come in and as they were looking at it it shimmered it turned into a reptilian for just a second and then popped like a soap bubble and disappeared I mean, I was thinking that they could all be holograms, but well, I don't think that's true if it has mass. No, I don't think that is either. And to be honest with you, I believe with um, all my heart that there's probably multiple answers that um, some of them are entities from other dimensions. Some of them are um, shapeshifters of some sort mm-hmm. and um, different other things. And I think that that accounts for the the vast dif- differences in... in um, shapes and and tactics and what have you but um that is going down an entirely different path when they suddenly morph are they showing us an entity a form that they think we would respond more readily to because it's humanoid Mm -hmm. and they're really a projection of you know over top of something else tricking our mind into seeing what they want us to see and when it realized it wasn't getting in, it was like, oh, screw it. And it just for a moment, it, sh- it wavered and she saw its true form. Or maybe it just wasn't as good at it. You know? <laughs> and it just dropped the guys by accident. You know, I'm, yeah. I think probably when she refused and she locked the door and she was standing there going, no, 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 in her head, um, it realized it wasn't coming in. And either out of aggravation or just because it didn't matter. Uh, it it dropped the guys for a second, mm-hmm. but that takes us down an entirely different path because guess what? Reptilians are always considered aliens, aliens from outer space. Yep. So now we're going to go down a different rabbit hole the next time we do this. And like I said, I could do like, is it still going to li- be shadow people or is it going to be lizard people? It's going to be both. It's going to okay. be a lot of things. We're going to talk about, um, 
a lot of different things, but definitely some more shadow people stories. But then I want to talk about the men in black, which also come along and sometimes in these similar ways and the black eyed children. Maybe all of these things are literally whatever this thing is, the guises it chooses to give us because it's always malformed in some way. It's always, but then that takes me back to demonic because demonic never can be a perfect replica. Mm hmm. So it's this great big Mobius loop of what is it? What is it? Yeah. And they and they all they all connect somehow. Well, we have done a lot of aliens recently over on the Patreon. Hmm? And I think we're gonna do what you just said as part two, right? Are we gonna put the shadow reptilian over there? Well I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try to put um together I have a theory on all of this that okay. I've been pursuing. I haven't completed it um, yet, but let's. But I'm working on how to ex to tie all the pieces together and make this a cohesive theory because all the pieces are out there. They're floating, and I keep pulling in little things and go, "Oh, that makes that make sense." So as soon as I feel like I've got it down, I will present it. But. Um, it's very disconcerting because these are not just shadows and eye floaters. These things have mass at times. At they're terrifying people. They're not just seen when you first wake up and, and you know, and, and you might be still lucid dreaming or whatever. This is the guy driving at three o'clock in the afternoon. This is me sitting in my living room, you know, two o'clock on a rainy Sunday watching a movie, um, not thinking about it at all. Frankly, we were just totally engrossed in the movie until this thing come flying out the doorway at warp 10, you know, whacked into the flower pots on the stand and then shot through the window. Yeah. Weird. And that doesn't even take us to the next thing. So I want to also put a challenge out to all of our listeners. If you've had a shadow person story and the person was white, not black, please reach out to us because I am currently trying to collect enough of these stories to get a pool that I can look at to see if there's any similarities. Wait, there are white shadow people? There are. Like, Nobody like they're talks about whiter them. than white? Is that basically? Yeah, bright masses. Um, oh, yeah. do they glow or? I, some Is it two-dimensional too? Like So far, but basically. like I said, I don't really have all the answers because I'm still looking for that data pool. Oh, okay. So if you've had these experiences, I have bumped into this, this, this type of shadow person a few times in my research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to put together a data pool so we can start to do that. There's so many shadow man stories of the black shadows that it's easy to put a data pool together and like separate them out into categories. Not yet so much with the white shadows, but they do exist. Yeah. Let us know in the comments because I've never even heard of that. So that's really interesting because no, nobody in the comments has mentioned that. It's all been the black ones. Interestingly enough, on the Paranormal Asylum, which is my other site, I put a post up yesterday about that, and like three people immediately shot me an answer, but all three of them just teased me. They're like, oh my God, yeah, I know stories of that. And I'm like, great, so tell it to me. And nobody's answered me yet, so I'm going like, to chase them down <laughs> why does no, Why does nobody tell the story up front? Yeah. If you, if you know Because we're going to ask. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> so... Put me out of my misery, everybody. Come on. If you have heard of any such thing, and if it's a second or third person account, just say that. But, you know, I still need the data. Okay. Yeah. And as a reminder, uh, please like, comment, and especially share. We need your help, everyone. 
Um, for those that we don't reach with ads, there's a big chance that we could reach them. If I know a lot of you are involved in other like paranormal groups, people don't want to share to their own page because they don't, you know, their friends and family are on there. They don't want to look like a weirdo. I get it. Uh, but, I, don't. <laughs> well, I don't. My whole know. world's that. I know. I know. But I mean, a lot of people have told us like, oh, I don't yeah. share because, you know, I don't want to put it on my page. But if you're involved in paranormal uh, things, we have lots of clips up that you could share uh, if they like clips or if you could share our podcasts, uh, full episodes to just one of them every now and then. We would really appreciate that because that's how we reach people that we don't have to pay for. So that's the way that our non-patrons can help out. And we would appreciate that. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I guess look for continued shadow people in our Patreon. Um, if you want to get the extra episodes, there are a lot of good ones over there. So consider checking that out. I'm constantly posting links. So we are the thinking man's paranormal show. We are, we are constantly expanding our horizons and throwing out theories and trying to stay on the cutting edge. Um, and there's just so much to discover and how it all links together. So please share with other people, anybody who's open-minded, who's out of the box thinker, they will like some of our episodes. Absolutely. And we appreciate everyone who's done it so far because we're about 13,000 strong now and still going. We hope. And Kenny. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary for your (laughs) present. I will give you the footage of that orb that went over your right shoulder. I thank you. It was quite large and thick. (laughs) <laughs> it was well, a big I, big thick white a lot one of good energy tonight so. oh there you go maybe it was off you i maybe, don't know maybe we create the orbs i actually have i don't know if i still have it this was like 15 18 years ago but i was at a old hotel in altoona that is now um low-income housing this is just as it was being switched over mm-hmm. and i was in this grand ballroom was you it was one of those places that was kind of falling on hard times but you could still see the bones of what it once was that mm-hmm. kind of a place yeah yeah and um they were telling me about all these ghost stories in this place there was uh security guards who had heard music coming from the ballroom gone in and seen a, a uh, older couple dancing in like 1950s ballroom attire that kind of stuff and um we're working in the room. There's, there were like literally a half a dozen or more ghost stories in this particular room. And we're working. And one of the, we always had a guy with a camera um, that would like just kind of follow along and film everything we were doing to see what might be interacting with us that we didn't realize was interacting with us. Mm-hmm. And at one point you see this orb shoot out of the ceiling and it shoots right through my chest, out my back, and then turns to the left and then turns to the right and then shoot straight back up. That is not dust. Did you feel it? At the same moment, I kind of went like this to my chest and then like kind of rubbed. And then I said, I think there's somebody really close by. And I, yeah, and I didn't see it. So, but the guy was like, you got to see this footage. Cause like he, it went into me and I went, wow, there is really somebody close here. And he's like, you had no clue. It just went through your chest. Well, that's cool. I wish I could see that. I don't know where the footage has gotten to, but because that was, like I said, 15, 18 years ago, back when whenever you had those big cameras that were like on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You're still kind. on tapes. Yes. Yep. Yes. This was like, you know, I've been ghost hunting um, for 30, probably 30 some years. And um, 
this would have been 20, 18, 25 years ago, so easily. My kids were very little. Cool. Well, it's really interesting. And I haven't been able to catch a lot of what you've caught over the years. So hopefully we can dig something up. So, yeah. So if you have any footage of Patty, <laughs> please share it with us. All right. On that strange note, okay. Oh. Have a good night, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, that could have many connotations. If you have any paranormal foot, Thank I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop. But you know what? I honestly, <laughs> I can tell you, other than, you know, something inadvertent like you know I, that would be nothing because my entire life has been nothing but the paranormal right and my kids yep. that's it that's all i do okay well uh para peeps we will catch you guys later and um we'll s- see you next week yes you will i really blew that <laughs> Year two coming up. Oh, that's what I was supposed to say. Yeah. And look forward to year two. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.